Hey everybody, I hope you guys can hear me. I'll just wait to see if um, you're able to. Just wait to see if, yeah, you can hear me. Perfect. Good morning, everybody. So, <clears throat> I'm getting ready to head out to Toledo um, uh, this morning. Um, Michael is in surgery. I have my phone, uh, and I'm waiting to hear from uh, the surgeon that he has come out of um, surgery. And um, I'm I'm still looking for tickets to see you because they're so expensive. It takes me, uh, you know, almost half a day to get down to South Carolina. So I'm trying to, um, you know, see that after my Toledo, since I've got uh, Saturday um, with no events on Sunday, that, um, you know, I could drive home to Cleveland on Saturday and maybe take a late flight out uh, and see how I could get to South Carolina, just at least to see him, and then, you know, fly back home on Sunday. Um, I wanted to say thank you to everyone who donated blood um, with the prescriptions. Uh, as you guys know, uh, it took me a... Um, a lot of arguing and discussions uh, with the hospital uh, that were, one, refusing the heart transplant and, and, and two, um, providing documentation to justify their um, stance on the COVID-19 vaccine. Uh, and, uh, you know, considering the extent of the surgery that now he's uh, he must undergo uh, because he um, was in a condition where he had a, a machine literally uh, pumping for his heart uh and, and normally you would uh be on that machine for a maximum of two weeks so um he uh, he was on it for um longer than that and so today he's he's gone he's going in <laughs> he's gone in um from 7 a.m i believe I, I called the hospital i set an alarm even though i um, didn't sleep till about 3 a.m. I set an alarm and called and um, the nurse explained that, you know, he's he's going in. I didn't, you know, they keep jabbing him and waking him up. So I don't know if he was wheeled in or I just wanted to check. I was half asleep when I called and so I'm waiting. Um, so the thing is, the surgery that he's doing um, requires uh, to have, uh, you know, at least eight units of blood and and, and the concern that I had more was the, the, the plasma and the FFPs, uh, because those are, uh, you know, the proteins and those that are vaccinated um, have an elevated amount of spike proteins, which are uh, the high concern um, uh, for the health repercussions that people have. So um, I appreciate every single one of you that had done it. Um, last night, actually, I, I found on on Truth Social, a lady named Zoe who said maybe we should create a nonprofit. I'd be behind that one million percent, um, you know, because it feels that the blood banks are sequestering because that's also part of the experiment, right? Giving people who are unvaccinated vaccinated blood, see how that works. It's all an experiment. And I want you guys to know that if you actually undergo surgery, and you require a blood transfusion. Hospitals have vendors, and that's the that's where I had to educate the doctors. You know, they, it's your job to discuss with your vendor. They have like a 
a, you know, a contract with whatever uh, blood products company they have. And, um, you know, and they're the ones that um, provide all the products, nobody else. So, um, you know, they don't allow for um, just anyone handing over some blood. It has to go and be done through procedures, which is something I believe that, you know, hopefully next year um, is something that all of us can tackle, uh, you know, at least on a state level to allow for religious exemptions in the hospital, because this could, you know, obviously religious exemption. Um most of the blood that he'll receive is washed blood, meaning that there's no DNA particulates in it, uh, but the concern was the proteins, right? Um, but uh, this is something that I had to constantly reiterate because uh, even the physicians that I was talking to, part of his team, were dismissive of his concerns. Um, and Michael is a champion because he was reluctant to, for the sake of, you know, participating in whatever they wanted him to participate in. Uh, he stood firm on that. So I'm really proud of him. So <clears throat> having said that, um, you know, it's important that people remember that I did not run for office to as an aspiration to become Secretary of State, right? And I want to make that clear. As we all know, the majority of the things that I do, uh, you know, are critiqued by outside persons that uh, do not seem to understand the way I operate because, you know, they're just as brainwashed as everybody else, uh, both on the left and the right, right? Uh, it seems that, you know, they sit down uh, a particular road and they maintain that. And and that is uh, the rigid structure that was implemented you know, over 50 years ago, right, where it's like right and left and two-party system and that's it. But the thought process behind it is the same. Um, you know, it's not just about politics, but about almost everything. So I wanted to give you guys an update. If you remember back in 2021, I pro se filed a, a lawsuit against uh, my daughter's school district for the mask mandate. And, uh, you know, a lot of, obviously, you know, I have a listener base that I've could have requested, Hey, I need help. I need an attorney or something. And we could have gotten it done. But what did I say was important? It was important that the people are able to go to the court and speak, right? You know, because maybe people aren't as fortunate as I, right? I work for the people and you guys are my employer. You support me. You keep my lights on and you support me to get these things done. Maybe they're not as fortunate as I am to have that availability, right? And those of you, you know, that are living, right? A family of four with an income of 175000 150000 a year um, still will not be able to afford civil litigation attorney fees, right? Unless they go into debt for it, right? And that's not money that you can actually get back, Um considering that. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's quite fascinating when I hear people speak, uh, one that do not know me and two that don't understand the actual issues that our society has. Uh, there is no law in the state, in, in the whole of the United States that says that, um, you know, parents are not allowed to defend their children in civil litigation. I saw, you know, one parent complaining of the fact that their kid was refused to be searched at school, just a drop search, right? Um, 
or they were refused the right to record the interaction with adults that were not the parent um, to be searched. That is a civil rights violation just because they're in school doesn't give the school permission to violate these rights. Um, I remember um, I had, I think, my eldest daughter in the fifth grade. Um, I don't remember what it was. They were searching all the kids' backpacks or something. And, you know, my little hero was always so into her little Pokemons and stuff. But, you know, she was actually quite young. And, you know, we're all, for us women, you know, she actually got her little, you know, the carpenters came in very young. And for her, she was mortified because publicly in front of all the students, you know, those things were removed from from her bag. Now, you know, she mentioned that to me. I had no idea that the elementary school would be checking bags like that in Kentucky. Um, but, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm just telling you my experience. But, you know, the, she told me because she was embarrassed and she was crying that the kids were making fun of her when she was younger. So I actually wrote a scathing letter to the school. And I, I believe it was like 2009 saying that, you know, this is a civil rights violation and, you know, without any justifiable cause, you know, searching a minor with no questions and no, you know, family present is a violation of the law. They responded saying they're sorry and they stopped the practice of actual, uh, of actually checking, you know, students' backs. Now, back to the mask mandate lawsuit. I filed it pro se. And I uh, felt confident that I could litigate, right? Uh, and this is why I did it. And so many other parents across the nation were amazing and they did it. And a lot of them were dismissed because the judges decided that you are not allowed to represent your child. I fought that. I argued that. I showed case law to support it. I had a genius friend that I, I am so grateful to have in my life that found an actual case in Ohio that had to do with social security or welfare where a parent was allowed to represent her child's interest, right? Um, but that still didn't change the outcome of the case. And now that case did not fail on its merits. I won that case because the argument I made wasn't only the fact that they um, were masking our children and I, I found that to be preposterous. But uh, the argument I made was that um, they're only masking the children because they need to mask them to get the money from the government. And I actually have the lawyers of the school on the record saying, no, that's not the case. And, you know, obviously, after the fact, in um, early 2022, a letter was actually uh, written out by the Department of Treasury and the Board of Education clearly stating that unless the children were masked, they would not be receiving this money. And so <clears throat> in that case, I also enjoined the writ of mandamus that I had put in the Supreme Court of Ohio, where I simply asked the Supreme Court justices, and I would urge you to go and see the results of that case. It is profoundly alarming that the Supreme Court justices dismissed the discussion of Article 1, Section 21 of the Ohio State Constitution, right? And... Uh, they dismissed it. So in, 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 in a maneuver, DeWine was actually attached to this federal lawsuit in the Northern Eastern District of Ohio um, uh, for the violation of the Ohio State Constitution and obviously uh, U.S. constitutional rights. Now, um, 
you know, while many yap their mouths, uh, this case was not about the masks. It was, uh, that was a uh, secondary concern. And it was not about the mask mandates. That was also secondary. The primary concern that I had was that parents are disallowed from representing their children. Therefore, if you do not have the economic ability to pay for an attorney, you cannot file in a court of law any complaint on behalf of your child. And so this is preposterous in the sense that uh, we as parents uh, are held criminally liable if we do not feed or clothe our children. We are held criminally liable if we do not have them go to school. If we do not dress them, feed them, give them health care, buy them health care, right? And so uh, it is imperative that we have the rights to speak on behalf of our children. They are our children, not the state's. And in, in a sense, it almost feels as if parents, well, not parents, but children don't have civil rights. In essence, by the courts being reluctant to appoint attorneys free of charge for children, right? Because I asked for that during the court case. I said, okay, you want an attorney? Then appoint one for her, right? Do you want the attorney? Then appoint one for her. That was not done. So that means that minor U.S. citizens, children, are not afforded any civil rights unless their parents are rich and can afford an attorney. So that was the primary cause for my filing of my suit. So this uh, right now, um, the notice of appeal to Kavanaugh has been sent and it will be heard in the Sixth Circuit, hopefully creating legislation for every parent across the United States to rule that we, as parents, have the right to defend our children. And if the parents are not able to, then we should have courts appoint attorneys on behalf of our children for civil rights litigation. Got it? Because this is an extreme concern, the dilution of parental rights that has been coming up front. And remember, we started that in 2021. So every single one of you out there that filed that pro se suit, congratulations. And I wanted to reiterate this because it's extremely concerning when you see people saying, ah, oh, they filed it pro se, they should have gotten it. Because we saw people that had attorneys and filed it and they failed because that's not the fight you wanted to fight at that time. See, timing is everything, right? I love time, right? That's something that I that I challenge because, you know, we don't have enough time. Sometimes time escapes me. For someone that commands <laughs> the timing situations, I feel that it escapes me. But timing is everything. Because right now, once the Sixth Circuit decides, yes, parents have the right to defend their children if they're fully competent and confident to do so, and or if they do not, they can ask the court to appoint an attorney for free, like they should. Because children deserve representation. Now, when that comes through, 
the case then goes back to the federal court, and therefore the judge has to decide the case on the merits. And as you all know, my case was ironclad. And this is how we win. See, we have to be patient, and we have to do things in a calculated manner. And what I have observed, and this is, in, in, you know, in that sense, is that this um, sheep mentality, you know, we all love to mock the left, right? How they foam at the mouth and they scream, you know. But have you seen how the people on the right respond? They are the typical stereotype that the left speaks of. See, both sides are doing the same thing. It's just they speak a different language. One speaks liberal and the other one speaks conservative. But they're doing the same thing. Because what I don't seem to understand is, if the people on the right are all about saving the children, protecting the children, right, getting justice, then how is it that the only that a person that's in the arena fighting for those rights is being minimized. And how is it that they are considered patriotic and fighting when they're absolutely doing nothing? See, it's really important that we stand together and it's really important we support people that are in the arena. I support people in the arena all the time. I don't just sit here and flaunt it. It's like giving a homeless person a dollar and then telling everybody about it. It's stupid. There are a lot of people that are fighting in different areas across our nation on different matters. <laughs> but for some reason, this box cage mentality is driving a wedge between people that are actually awake. I saw somewhere... And I don't remember where I saw it on Telegram and I'm looking for it. There was a post by someone who just blogs and talks and, you know, explained how he has, I think his name was Ken. I have a photographic memory. I remember what his son looks like in the picture and what he said. Um, and I looked for the link and, and it was gone. But what he said was, I'm not a super spook, I'm not this, I'm not that, I'm not this, but I can see patterns. And I talk about them because I like to disrupt the plan of those that are doing it. And you can choose to listen or not. And he even made the same complaint for those, you know, saying, you know, oh, you're saying dates or you're doing this and you're this and that. Well, you know, here's the thing. What he said was, I don't care what they have to say. I'm going to keep doing what I do. Because I'm speaking things into reality is the interpretation that I got. I don't believe he used those words. I'm trying to um, recall the picture of reading it. But he's just going to keep doing what he does. And you could just either read what he has to say and he'll just keep doing it. His little part, one piece at a time until people are actually awake. He, he labeled it two stages of awakeness. The awake part, the first one where you're like there's something wrong, right? And then the second awakening where it's like, damn, I give zero Fs and I'm going all in and I'm going to talk about this and I'm not concerned about this and that's it. That's the point that a lot of people are not at, right? They're not at that second stage. Um, you know, I see so many people pandering conservative, conservative notions. I'm a 
Christian and save the children and 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 nee, 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 right and it's like but their actions their fruits are not that their fruits are rotten their words just like Lucifer parcel tongue sound amazing they tell you what you believe is the correct thing to hear but their actions depict something horribly wrong they show support for people that are actually causing destruction in our nation and in our foundations as we are to exist and it breaks my heart because the notion see i i talked about this um on the campaign trail You know, the left is, you know, diehard Democrats because they stand against everything the Republicans stand for, right? Not because they agree with everything the Democrats do, okay? They're the ones that are voting independent. They're the ones that want to get out of the box because, you know, this conversation really needs to be had. I want you guys to take a step back. liberals are very compassionate individuals. They're bleeding hearts, right? And they love everyone and they want free flow of ideas and they're creative, right? They want, you know, a free flow of sexuality, a free flow of borders. They just believe in one love, right? That's their main foundation. Think about it. Think about it. That is their main foundation. And there are people like the Democrats that pander to that foundation and amplify the fears of destroying permeability. Now, do we need borders? Heck yeah, we do. That's how we maintain individuality and sovereignty of the state and create a more structured government, right? Permeability of our borders is a big no-no, right? We need a good balance. Pan, metron, ariston, Aristotle, Plato. Everybody and their mother would say that. Everything with moderation, right? So the liberals that foam at the mouth and scream have their fears amplified that, you know, they will be in a Nazi camp and they would be rigid because they don't like borders. These are the creative individuals that have given us amazing things. Think about it. It was liberals that gave us iPhones. It was liberals that gave us Uber. It was liberals that give us everything. But when you look at their, the people that make their business, like hold their business and execute it, right? It's the conservatives. It's the rigid conservative thinkers that love structure, that love boundaries, right? Because we need to understand what those two terms mean as liberal and conservative. Conservatives are not free thinkers. They're not creative. That's true. They're not creative. They're not. They're rigid. They, they like structure. They like the way things are. These are the actual definitions. And the liberals are like, oh, you know, like the 70s spirit. Over time, these, these um, identities, these group identities have evolved. We have the liberals suddenly um, changing the way they think and demanding a curbing of speech, even though they're free flow ideas. 
They want to make it a little bit more peaceful. So it fosters more distribution of ideas, which is a fallacy that was pushed onto them by leaders that wish to reign. The conservatives, on the other hand, that are rigid are the ones that say we should have no borders in speech. And it's very contrary to what the term conservatism actually means, right? They're the ones now requesting free speech. They're literally becoming the liberals, but in a more structured fashion. Does that make sense? And that is where we're starting to see conservatives and liberals kind of come in the middle slowly. And that is what we need because we need both types of people to evolve as a society. If we have only conservatives, it becomes very rigid. It's a structured, institutionalized environment. If we have only liberals, it is complete dissent and chaos with no borders, right? With no structure, with no time, with no, uh, you know, hard lines on, on, you know, what life is, what death is, what murder is, right? They, we need a balance. And, you know, a lot of people, I, I, I was, I, I was feeling a little bit trolly. I guess because I was, you know, I'm, I was nervous. I, I was praying. Um, so I was feeling a little bit trolly on truth. And aside from seeing Brian Cates, which is totally fine because I've said this before, he's a McCain Tea Party loser and he is a nobody. He provides absolutely nothing to our communities. He does nothing for our nation. <coughs> he doesn't make the news like you do. He reports. He gets told what to say. And, you know, he's a little bit salty because, you know, me speaking out about it means that he's broke. And, you know, like Tracy Bean said, you all are socialists because you won't give her money free flowing, even though she com contributes absolutely nothing to the betterment of our nation. That's the thing I have I have observed throughout my campaign trail that um, the liberals are less in the cage. And I know this sounds crazy than the actual conservatives. It is the liberals and those that you identify as Democrats that are voting independent, not the conservatives. The conservatives, you know, are the ones that believe that I'm voting all red, regardless of who it is, because I just don't want the left. It's like I was actually thinking about it like in the state of Ohio. We have Mike DeWine and Nan Whaley, right? And then we have write-ins, and the write-ins are getting coverage, right? People are do not want Mike DeWine, but they also don't want the Democrat. But on the other hand, Nan Whaley was like, what, mayor of Dayton? She's so dumb. Like, she'll be out of office. The people would probably impeach her in a heartbeat, right? And we'd have special elections. She's a nobody. See, the people now are a little bit more smarter. And it's pretty incredible because Ohio has a population of over 75% being independent, or non-affiliated. And the majority of that has come from the Republican Party lately. So it's, it's quite fascinating to watch the cognitive dissonance. And I saw it on Truth Social, where people were speaking from authority. Like one guy was like, President Trump, he endorsed him on April. Well, when I see him retract that and endorse you, I'll retract my statement. It's like, dude, you're a loser. Like, what do I care what you have to say? Like, where do these people think that there's someone important that is going to affect the way I think or feel, you know, they just, they're like, Trump, this is the deifying, right? This is where you see the cult. See, this is where it gives meat and legs 
to the things that the left-wing media says. Trump culty behavior. That's that. They're destroying the conservative movement or the centrist movement where we all just want common sense. And you know, President Trump is so genius because he foresaw that. And that's why he ran as a Republican because it was the easiest party to destroy because they're the ones funded mostly by the people, right? People actually donate to the Republican party, whereas the left, they don't so much. So it was the easiest one to morph. But it's like these people are willing to vote in uh, people that will destroy them. You remember, like, how many people has, has President Trump endorsed that turned out to screw him over? Remember, you know, we had that football player in, in Ohio who raised millions of dollars to get into office, right? And the impeachment, the sham, he kept saying he did all this. And then suddenly, the first day, right after he got sworn in, what, what did he do? He voted to impeach the president. See, that's the problem. You know, when I hear it's going to dilute the vote, it won't dilute it if we all step away. It will not be diluted if we all step away. That's another thing that the president has said. It's funny how the left is so organized and they stick together, but the right can't do that. See, that would be... incredible because I believe there's more common sense on the right now than there is on the left because I'm seeing qualities of liberalism but but in a good way right progressive thinking let's put it that way not liberal because that's been tainted but I've seen more progressive thinking coming out of the right in moderation than than anywhere and this is an actual opportunity of what President Trump has done he's he's given us the and this is why he ran let me show you what is really going on? Let me show you how they attack anyone that goes against the system. Let me show you. But you know, the problem that we have is that the people on the right are the establishment. And hear me out. They're the ones that go by titles and tiaras, like this random account who had a check mark next to him, who nobody knows. Who, what is it called? Barking Bruno. Doesn't show his face. He's anonymous, right? Is like, well, I'll retract my statement about you if this happens. And it's like, loser, like nobody cares who you are. Like, we don't even know who you are. Why, why would anybody care what you have to say? You don't even have the cojones to put your face out there and speak. And then I have these random, you know, followers, because that's what it is, cult following, right? And yeah, it's like, mm, this and eh, dilution. And it's like, fine, but here you are tweeting, truthing, posting about save the children, but you're okay with funding a guy who's funded by the most prolific pedophile. Now, everyone talks about Jeffrey Epstein, right? Everybody does. But they don't talk about the people that created Jeffrey Epstein. I've written articles about that. And, you know, about Bronfman, about Wexner, right? Nobody talks about that, right? And what's shocking is, is that all these conservative accounts on social media and personalities, right? Talk about these people are set. They do this, they do that. And now Wexner is literally coming after my campaign for speaking up. And do you know who gets in contact with me? Not the conservatives to say, how can we help you, Tori? This is horrible. This should not be happening. This is horrific. But the actual victims of Wexner, I'm going to blow shit up like no one's seen before. 
because I can't believe I am disheartened to see on social media, right? All of these cons- alleged conservative or God fearing and, 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 um, uh, it's such hypocrisy. It is the most hypocritical thing I have seen in my life. It makes me sick to my stomach that they sit there and talk about it, but they don't do action. And when someone actually takes action, they smack them down for it. That's why I'll just keep saying Brian Cates and Uncovered DC support candidates funded by prolific pedophiles. Changed my mind. I need a meme of that with the guy sitting at the thing because that's true. Because I, I, I see them making arguments. Well, we can't have a Democrat. Listen, you can vote red on everything else, but you should be doing your homework. Your, my vote is sacred. I'm just not going to hand it over because someone told me to. Right. I'm not going to hand it over because someone told me to. That's my voice. That's my representation. I'm not going to listen to you. I'm going to do my homework and I'm going to see who they are. Like, for example, there's an actual Democrat running for Supreme Court justice. Keep in mind. Democrat in name. Um, I was looking at her case law. This is how I look for judges, right? This is a Supreme Court of Ohio that are pieces of shit. I think her name is Zayas. She's from New York. She's brought up in like, crack heights, right? right? And she worked in immigration law. She's a child of immigrants. She totally gets it. It's difficult. You got to translate for your parents. You got to do. But if you actually look at her case law, there are no politics in the way she decides. She's a fair judge. And, um, what is incredible, huh? Oh, we have, okay. Sorry. I got a notification across the thing for my lawyer. Um, so what's incredible is that, um, God, he threw me off track. That's actually good news. It's not about the Supreme court though. Um, what's incredible is, as I look at her, um, case, like her case handling and what her decisions are, they were extremely non-political. And her statement, here's where the cognitive dissonance goes, and that's because of the way our politics is structured and it pisses me off, right? It really pisses me off, is that she says she wants to get politics out of the courtroom, but she is running as a Democrat because she can't do anything else. That's a big problem. Judges shouldn't have political parties, and I don't seem to understand why we have that, because politics don't belong in the courtroom. What we should be doing is having honest journalists run through their records of case law and putting together profiles of these judges. That is how we're supposed to. Remember, I have said this for years. Our nation can sustain a corrupt executive branch and a corrupt legislative branch. But if our judicial branch is corrupt, it's game over. And what we're seeing now in the courts, right, is a lot of hit or miss. And I, and I go back to the parable of the woman going and asking the judge the same question until it comes down. It is imperative that all of us have faith and look, you know, um, at what their records are. It doesn't mean that, you know, like the, the, the Democrat candidate that I spoke of doesn't mean I'm voting for her. I'm not done. I'm looking at everybody else's profiles too, right? But I actually look at it and what we need is honest journalism and we aren't getting it either. 
So we actually have to do extra work. And right now, the problem that society as a whole has in the United States is I want to do my homework, but I don't have time because I don't know where to start. Right. And it's so, um, you know, incredible that the people that are supposed to have common sense, because that's what they uh, purport to represent, the, the right, are the ones that are demonstrating high lack of that. Because we see a lot of people that are, I don't care if he endorsed Oz, I'm not voting for him. Okay. I actually kind of like Dr. Oz. I mean, he's Turkish and he's strict, but um, he has great um, uh, bedside manner. Uh, he's extremely, um, if you've seen him on the Dr. Oz shows, um, I mean, except for the stuff that he has to do to remain on TV, he's actually quite common sense. Um, he would demonstrate things that are provocative, right? Like, and, and I'm talking, you know, completely just me, my opinion, like, you know, doctors usually don't push like, you know, I don't know the, uh, vinegar diet, right. Or something like that. But he would actually examine these things and he wasn't afraid to push the envelope when it came to health. So for me, um, you know, I, I don't find it as, as an issue. Aside from the fact that, you know, um, his, uh, core beliefs, uh, may be off on mine, but, uh, he has demonstrated over the years cause I've, I've watched him every now and then, um, you know, some balance. And while people promote this guilt by association, right? Oh, he's, you know, had conversations with this person and that person. Well, you know, he is a TV doctor. He's going to be talking with a barrage of people and, you know, getting on, um, on television with people like Stephanopoulos or Oprah or Anderson is, is part and parcel when you're in the entertainment industry. Um, but what you have to see is what their actions and words are and therefore, from that, um, you discern. You don't listen to people that are anonymous online until you vote straight ticket. Uh, you know, I now understand, you know, President Trump's decision. Remember, he was also in the entertainment industry. And the majority of these people that you hear talking smack about those candidates um, uh, are probably the ones that were on the cruise train. Right. The majority of them were on the cruise train and didn't like Trump to begin with. Right. Because, oh, he was at a party and Jeffrey Epstein was there. No shit. No shit, because he hung out with those circles. He was a Democrat, right? He would donate to the Democrats because he knew donating to them would give him easements for his business. It's business, right? And and President Trump is very aware of himself and how he operates. And that's why it was incredibly um, shocking to see how the left attacked him, knowing that, you know, he threw gay weddings before it was style, right? Uh, you know, he got awards, right, with Rosa Parks, right, for helping the minority communities. Um, he built New York City like no other, right? He was incredible as a person. And the left, you know, he was always middle of the road. And the left threw him under the bus. And this is how I feel the conservative movement is throwing actual common sense conservatives under the bus, too. Because they're out-of-the-box thinkers. They're not about sitting at the lunchroom table. They're about sitting down and having conversations. And, you know, when I sat down with a couple of BLM chapter people here in Ohio, um, you know, they at first came at me with, you voted for Trump. And I'm like, of course I did. I felt safer with him, didn't you? I knew exactly what I was getting with him. There wasn't no 
backroom deals and front room this. I mean, you liked Hillary? No, we didn't like her. So then what's the problem with Trump? Do you really think he's racist? Did you have more money when he was president? Did you, do we have wars when he was president? Actually not. So the, the concerns that I'm, you know, seeing right now from running, right, as an independent, not because, um, I wanted it, but he chose that. And, and God is pretty incredible because, you know, right now, all these people that are trashing me are doing absolutely nothing. I'm the only case right now in court that can pop these machines open and they're trashing me, which is fantastic because this is how God takes care of your enemies. He lets them consume themselves. Now, while it bothers me because I feel sorry for what they're going to go through, right? It is not of my hand to fix it because you have to think about it. You're a reporter, right? Oh, we don't need machines, you know, or the cognitive dissonance that, well, he won the primary. So the machines aren't rigged in the primary, but they're rigged only in the election time. Get out of here. Like, are people like not working up here? And these are, these are people that have check marks next to their name and they're saying things like this. Like, yeah, that person, you know, he won the primary. So, and it's like, okay, so the machines are not rigged in the primary. Someone explain to me how that works. Like when I see some comments like that, I'm like, oh my gosh, these people are so far gone. Right. And it's like, and this is a guy that was like, yeah, well, you know, when I see this and he puts a meme, like he's, and it's like, dude, you're a loser. So is everybody else because you don't have a noodle. You're not using the six inches between your ears to see far from it. Right. You're, you're, you're sitting there saying things. And, and let me tell you what happened in Ohio. So, you know, when I ran uh, first time to go through the GOP ticket, right, I believed that I was going to have to fight the fight with the GOP of me not being registered as a Republican. And that would have been, you know, the, the, the back and forth, right? And that's the fight that I wanted to fight. But then I noticed that John Adams, who was slotted to run against Frank LaRose, he was slotted not because they thought he was going to win, but he was supposed to replace Frank. Because in two years, Frank is supposed to go Senate, and John Adams was the second in command. So they pushed him up. But John Adams is also funded by Les Wexner. Huh. So it's like, so he's funded by a pedophile too. That tells you no. So John Adams' camp got really, really upset with me, and they ran like this, you know, the, the Ohio GOP is so angry because I have just pulled their pants down because Les Wexner doesn't fund Democrats, he funds Republicans. Are you paying attention? And so they got upset that I just tainted their guy who got 50K from Lex Wexner to be the new slotted in Secretary of State. See, this is how I operate. We need to get real people into office, not, you know, whatever they say, right, right? So just so you guys see, the hate that I received is because people are upset that I am destroying the Ohio GOP, the Ohio GOP that gave us Enron, the Ohio GOP that gave us, you know, traffickers, right? The Ohio GOP that protects Les Wexner, the Ohio GOP that just partnered with a prolific pedophile to try to attack my campaign. Bitches, you can try all you want, okay? Because God has got us. So that's the way it is. So for all these conservative losers on truth and whatever, call them out. Be like, you're a loser. You're supporting pedos. 
You're supporting this. Because if you pay attention, that's the way it is. But you know what? I can't help everyone, right? Like I said, that barking Bruno guy, he's going to be eating crow pretty soon. This has got to be the best Americano ever, and the lady at the front desk made it for me because Starbucks is closed at the hotel. COVID, right? I don't want to talk about that. But anyway, um, we're going to see some very new developments coming in the next few years, uh, years in general, as a nation. But in the next couple of weeks, it's going to get pretty crazy because... There's going to be a lot of people that are going to have to, you know, kind of sit back. You know what? I came across texts and I really want to share them and I can't because it's not the right thing to do. And I won't mention names because I promised I wouldn't mention names. But what if I told you that there was like a chat amongst conservatives and they were discussing, you know, about the machines, right? And um, they said, why, why her? She's a bitch. It should have been one of us that was able to get this in the courts. Like, what if she like actually fixes the election stuff? And, 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 and she's, she's this, she's, she used to work for Brennan. She's a shill. She's a liar. Look, she said this. And you know what? You know what I don't understand is I literally told people that I deceived and used every single tool I had to penetrate laboratories, right? To help my nation. Because unbeknownst to many of these alleged influencers, right? Millie Weaver and I did a video on it too. We told you what was coming. We told you that in 2020 before anything. Okay? So I used every tool that I was trained to use to penetrate. I had penetrated a massive private PR firm with deception. I had proximity when I taught for free. That gave me proximity. Do you know who he gave me proximity to? The motherfucker that runs Pfizer. The head, the head Greek dude that pushed the vaccines was in my proximity because I went to that school to teach. But all of you talk like you know. You know nothing. And I am not apologetic. For deceiving them to enter in. I caused no harm. I did good. But yes. Like I said. There is a method to what I did. And I was right next to them. All of you are going to tell me. That when I went to study at the University of Kentucky. It was a coincidence that I shared the desk. With the Latino from South America. That found the connection between HIV and hydroxychloroquine. Right. And the fact that I sat next to the guy. That was working on gain-of-function research on Ebola, right? Or the fact that I was at the Eli Lilly, you know, laboratories, right? Or that in Oregon, I sat by the Knight Foundation where the guy that sits on the World Economic Forum, he sits there, right? And his, his family went to the school that I taught Greek in, but I'm a bitch for deceiving. Now, I did it for my country. And if you like to hit me with that and call me a liar for that, so be it. I'm okay with it. Because what they're doing to us is exactly what I was trying to avoid. Because I knew that. And just so you know, all the kids that I talk week to, they still get in contact with me and they remember it. Because I was actually quite good. 
I mean, I, I actually taught jarheads at the DLI for two weeks how to use cultural nuances when they were going to suit us. So there. You don't have to believe it. Doesn't make it any less true. So, you know, when I, when I, when I hear people pandering to, oh, this is sketchy. No shit, guys. I was part of the deep state. I am what the deep state was. And you're holding that against me. How does that make you? A loser. You're just a loser. You hate me now. But later, it's going to change. Maybe not when I'm here. But, you know, you use the tools that the devil gave you. And you ping it right back against them. And that's how I operate. You don't like it? Well, you're going to say it's unethical? And how would you sit right next to the first biggest deal of South African communications and U.S. communication? How would you do that? Right? How would you do that? Not at all. You wouldn't be able to do that, honestly. Sat there nine months and watched the whole deal go. And I played executive assistant. And I sucked at it, too. Because I was too busy paying attention to everything else. I'm just saying. I don't like the fact that people think that wars are fought straight. They're not linear. So, you know, you could, you could claim them all coincidences. But you can fact check all of them. And I'm right on every single point. And you just have to tell me, how the heck were you at the right place at the right time? Like I said, time travel. Quantum computers exist already. Mm. You just don't know it yet. So, having said that, as I go through the campaign trail, though, you know, obviously it's always lessons for all of us. What I realized is, is um, when I had heard that Democrat that <coughs> is running as an independent, she said that there's like ranks, right, in the way they operate. Like if you put so much time in the Democrat Party, then they'll put you up for a position. Guys, the same thing happens with the Republicans. Um, and it's it's pretty vicious. It's more vicious for the Republicans. With the Democrats, it's more about kissing ass, having more money, having people around me, you know, stuff like that, right? But with the Republicans, it's terrible. And one thing dawned on me. When I heard of Republican down at the farm in Cincinnati, and, and this is key. He asked me about blockchain voter ID. I want you guys to answer this question. I want you guys to answer every Repu question, every Republican that tells you that they're doing voter ID. Ask them what that means. Because here's, here's what they're going to do. And I want you to listen very carefully. They're not talking about people having identification to vote. They're talking about digital ID. Are you paying attention? That which you want to steer away from getting on the system is exactly what they want you to do. They're pushing blockchain voter ID. They will say that it would be fair for blockchain voter ID because we have digital voting. Please pay attention to what I'm telling you. And it's the right that's pushing this. It's the rhinos pushing this. Now, technology is amazing. It is incredible. It has given us easements. It has made our life easier. It has gotten us to be very entertained. But what you're not paying attention to 
is that they're pushing voter ID. It's very different from identification. That's why you won't hear me say voter ID. Voter ID is digital blockchain ID, crypto ID. And the only reason they would push that is because they're going to push blockchain voting. Are you understanding what I'm telling you? And while you on the right think that CCP social credit is a bad thing, voter ID is how you do it. You convince people, well, now that we have blockchain voting and it's so safe, you're going to need your own crypto digital blockchain voter ID. See, no one's listening. And that's the problem. While all of you are saying that you're listening, you're not listening to the rhinos. But I caught that question, and I wanted to address it, but the audience that I had there would have went over their head, most of them. Are you listening to me now? Can you hear me now? You see? I'm okay with technology being implemented in almost everything we do. I'm okay. And you should have the choice if you want to be implanted with chips, right? That's your that's your soul. You do what you want with it, free will and all. But if we want to survive as a nation and have a sustainable nation with different regions, just like the states' ideas, right? Sovereign states. We should do one thing. Exclude technology from our right to vote. If that is integrated in technology, we are now living in a digital totalitarian state. And it will happen very quickly. It is very important that we listen to what I am saying right now. Voter ID is digital ID. The left wanted to push it through vaccines to push in the kill switches. The right is trying to push it in with the identification. If you have the balls, ask your conservative candidates what voter ID really means. And if they say, oh, it's just you need to present that you have identification to vote, say, oh, does that mean like blockchain voter ID? Hmm? And then you see. Because like I said, people don't listen. People just run with ideas. If you remember a couple years ago when there was that hearing in Ohio about um, the vaccine mandates um, and people, it was when um, um, all the uh, companies, ah, the Chamber of Commerce was talking, right? And you had the left asking questions and they were like stupid questions, but it didn't make sense. But then when you had Republicans talk, their questions were like, so, you know, what are we going to do when someone lives 100 miles away from their nearest Walmart? If they don't have this, you know, QR code, how are they going to shop? They told you that two years ago. And that was a Republican giving away what their plan is. Like, why would he ask that when no one suggested that they would be putting barriers up for digital IDs in Walmart? But wait a minute. Millie and I told you that in March of 2020. I'm just pointing out some facts. So it's, 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 it's really important that 
you know, we understand, you know, the facets of it. There was a camp that pushed the real ID, which then the next step would have been the blockchain ID. And then the real ID to be integrated with the QR codes for COVID that they have. You need to see what they're really saying because no one's really paying attention to what they're saying. Like I said, if they want to implement that, that's fine. This is how we have a more amicable country and cities. Country and cities meaning like when I travel, I go through Ohio. I came from Cincinnati and I'm up going to Toledo today, right? What I saw was a city and then the country, right? And we can all be amicable in these United States. If you want to live in a line, right? cramped up and on the digital system and producing and being told what to do, then you can go to New York City and do that, right? But if you don't, you can be in Texas on your farm and your kids running out on the street playing and riding bicycles. This is the beauty of America. We can have it all. But the only way we sustain that is if our vote is 100% ironclad. And the only way to do that is to exclude digital identification digital anything in our elections. It's pretty simple. And that is all we need to do. So, uh, you know, I'm, <clears throat> I've learned a lot campaigning and I hope, uh, you know, you're learning from me. Now, you know, as I said before, while these idiots are assuming that I have some aspiration to be Secretary of State, um, I just want to fix things. And that's what I do. And I've already won. Because this gal is getting into the Supreme Court of the United States. And I'm bringing it home. While you sit on the sidelines and critique me. To all of you out there, and I think I said this before. There are many people in the arena. Some we like, some we don't like. Don't trash the people that are fighting. Wipe the sweat off their brow. Give them a glass of water while they're on fire fighting for you. Whether you like them or not. And that's how you make a difference. So on that note, <clears throat> I'm kind of excited. I'm kind of excited. I'm, I'm praying to see if the Supreme Court of the United of, of Ohio comes out with a decision today. Um, like Werner said on the interview, we're ready to go to the Supreme Court of the United States. I can't wait to present this to Justice Clarence Thomas. They're all waiting for this. One case, laser focused and perfect. While all the rest, damn, I couldn't believe what I saw in the text. Why her? She's a, or she's, we should have done it. It should have been one of us. What does that mean? One of you. Aren't we all the same? We're all fighting on the same team. Think about that for a second. So pray for me. Um, and God bless. And damn, I need that Brian Keats supports prolific pedophiles. Change my mind. I mean, <laughs> have a wonderful day. Love you all. And I'll see you tonight when I'm in Toledo. Bye.